Welcome to this week's Treasury Career Corner podcast, where I interview treasury professionals about their treasury careers. Each and every week, I talk to treasurers about how they build their careers, where they are now, where they see both themselves and the treasury profession going to next. And a special thanks to Flywire, our fantastic sponsors. If you've ever wondered whether there was a way to ease your international transaction hassles, they're the guys to talk to. If you follow the link in our show notes, you can see me talking to my mate Greg Levin, their senior VP of sales. I get to ask Greg about who are Flywire and how they can help you and your treasury team with your cross-border payment headaches. Just follow the link to the interview in today's show notes. And now let's get on with the show. And now you might want to head over to YouTube. Not sure you will, but anyway, because uh, you've got Joe Grabowski, who leads our efforts in the US, and myself in high definition, HD. Yeah, you lucky people. Well, okay, so maybe just listen to us. I don't know. Um, Joe's going to talk us through the current state of the US Treasury recruitment market. We'll talk about salaries in a minute. We'll talk about our other plans for 2024. I'll shut up for a second and let Joe talk. So, Joe, talk me through what, what's going on in the US and what's it like for you? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. And again, apologies to uh, the YouTube audience. You got two guys who have faces built for radio that are uh, sitting here talking about treasury. (laughs) So, uh, but no, it's been good. Uh, You know, I've been back in the fold for about a month now, um, really getting my feet back under me, rekindling a lot of old relationships um, that that I had in the space prior to moving over to the crypto space, but then now I'm back. Um, But one thing I've noticed, as much as things have changed, they tend to stay the same. Um, I am, we are definitely seeing an uptick in jobs in the U.S. It seems like every week you have new jobs that are coming, being advertised, uh, coming out for people to apply to. Uh, you know, I get a lot of questions just based on people I'm connected with within my network. Hey, what do you know about this job? What do you know about this person? Is this something that I'd want to pursue? Um, it does tend to be a very similar it follows a similar path to what you'd see across the pond or what you and Craig and Katie have seen. Um, most of the jobs that you're going to see advertised are at the analyst and the manager level. Uh, that's a great thing if you're an analyst or a manager. It's not as much of a great thing if you're looking to hire an analyst or a manager. Very competitive if you're hiring, almost an abundance of opportunity if you are looking at those levels. Um, as you hit director level and above, so your directors, your ATs, your treasurers, starting to see some small upticks in the amount of opportunities available. Um, I think you had mentioned it in previous podcasts. It's either there's less movement, you know, you're getting toward the top of the hierarchy there. So there has to be movement in order for opportunities to appear at those levels. Now, what that means, if you're looking at those levels, if you are that senior manager looking to jump into a director, or if you are a director, AT or treasurer who's looking for a new role, it might take a little bit longer. Um, you know, not as many opportunities out there, very competitive because everyone is looking for the top seat. So that's, uh, if there's anything specific you want me to hit on, but that's, no, that's, that's generally what I'm saying. Uh, Dion, uh, actually, we were just preparing the results of our latest treasury salary survey, and it totally reflects what you've just said. A number of people have been moving from that sort of senior treasury manager into an AT spot or maybe deputy treasurer role. We'll come back to titles in a moment. Yep. But the key thing was there wasn't really promotion per se from outside. They weren't bringing in someone and then, right, we need to hire this person at a more senior level and it's boosted the salary. Instead, you're getting someone moving internally and they're going, well, yeah, we'll give you a 10% uplift. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you've got to be happy with that. Okay. You know, and people, some people are happy with it. Some people aren't. But some people are yeah. taking it anyway. They're going, I'm happy for now, not maybe happy for the future. 
Yeah. And also people think, well, they don't have to go external and try and use our support or use the dreaded LinkedIn, which uh, Joe and I were talking about earlier because I recently had an example with a client. They'd been looking, they'd had 80-odd responses, and they were like, "We well, we screened 80 people. And yeah, good luck with that. How, how many have you employed? How many are you talking to? Yeah. Well, we're talking to you, aren't we, Mike? I was like, yeah, exactly. Because I was saying not all of them, and they might get lucky, but a lot of the time with them, I said, look, if someone is looking for a job on LinkedIn, particularly in Treasury as a specialist area, I find a lot of the time, and I think you'll reflect it as well, Joe, that they're looking to exit a bad situation. They're looking to yep. leave where they are. They don't care about your job in the nicest yep. way. They just want to get away from lack of pay, lack of uh, flexibility, uh, a boss that doesn't coach them. Again, we do the salary survey, and it's not about the salary most of the time. It's actually about boss, progression, everything else. Definitely. And, you know, again, I don't want to, I want to shut up for a second. No. But that's what I was just saying to them is that that's what they were seeing. And they said, yeah, actually, you saw some nice people, but they just weren't right for us. Or they weren't right for us right now. And I'm like, exactly. That's why. We... Whereas then, and the first person I thought of actually eventually got the job, but they were like, oh, we want to see some more. So I had 12 people for them. They went through and they said, yeah, we've got that one right person. And I've known them for 10 years. So it's a career step for them. That's the key thing. I mean, you've seen this and you've battled against it in the US for, for as many years as I have. What What are your thoughts in that and about supply and demand, sir? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So especially when you, I guess if you, you break down the hierarchy overall, your analysts and your managers, they're still on the upswing, right? When yeah. Typically the reason why they're looking to leave or why they're looking to change jobs, number one, they want to grow. They either want yeah. to grow their skill set, they want to grow their compensation, they want to grow their title, they want to grow their responsibilities, they want to grow all of the above. Um, once you start to hit that director level, People, you know, you, you've already touched strategy. You've already you've already done that, especially when you hit the treasurer's seat. Pretty much a lot of the treasurers that I've spoken with are all of a sudden open to director or AT levels. They're like, look, I don't care what you call me. I just want to like the work that I do. I want to be paid fairly and I want to work for a company that I respect. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's really fascinating. Um, and But that also comes down to how you market your role, to your point. It's easy, you know, especially with these positions that, are entering the market, it's easy to get lost in the sea, especially as the longer that your job is just sitting out there, you may have 80 applicants, but you're, even if you renew that job posting, it's getting lower and lower down the totem pole. People are like, Hey, XYZ company has been had this job posted for six months. What the heck is wrong with it? Why haven't they been yeah. able to hire? And that's usually where you and I will get a call and it's like, well, you got to market this a little bit better. You got to understand why your, why your people, I'm sorry, why your target market would potentially be interested in a role. You have to be able to pitch the growth. You have to be able to pitch like, Hey, I'm a treasurer who wants to grow his team. I want to have my lineage spread out into the rest of the treasury market. I, I don't mind turnover. I'm not afraid yeah, yeah. of it. I, I grow my people. Yeah. Well, I think, and you touched on an interesting point there, which crosses into ways of working, i.e., you know, hybrid. I was recently interviewed by Strategic Treasurer yeah. on their podcast, and you know, they said, "Oh, have you got any highlights or any ideas of uh, ideas for me?" And I went, "Yeah, great. This is Craig Jeffrey, great guy." I said, "Craig, remote working is dead." He was like, "What? Whoa, okay." I said, "Remote working in Treasury 
is dying out, is dead. You know, if someone needs a remote job, don't use us. Go to LinkedIn. You'll get it maybe, and they get hundreds. But the fact is, Treasury, by its very nature, is a collaborative discipline. I commented about this in some of the articles you'll find on our website, treasurerecruitment.com. Obviously, great writing, but this is bringing it to life here. But joke aside, the, the key thing there is we're saying Treasury is collaborative. Two to three days a week with your team, uh, we've got Dana Laidhold, I was just talking to today, treasurer of NASDAQ. She talked about the fact that she has to be quite deliberate about her time. She lives quite a distance from her office, but she's in her office in New York with a lot of her team two to three days a week. And yeah. she plans to meet them, not just over Zoom, but meeting them for a coffee, meeting them, talking about the challenges they've got. She's got to run that teamwork thing. She's got to make, she's got to make an effort, but she could just be remote. Could she? No, she wouldn't be successful. She talked about that, not me. I mean, you yeah. know this. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you you hear about it time and time again, right? The things that you used to be able to cover in the break room, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. maybe a 10-minute conversation there, you're now trying to catch each other on Teams or whatever messaging software or yeah. that you're using or uh, over email. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to manage calendars and find time. Just You spend more time trying to schedule a 15-minute conversation to catch up on <laughs> something urgent than you do to actually solve the problem. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, I mean, you're seeing it in the, the advertisements and, and what clients are looking to do within the market as well. It's shifted well away from remote opportunities. It's not... It's not to say that they aren't out there. I think everyone who's watching this, if you're aware of the market, you know those companies that still have remote opportunities available. Um, They're not going to have a problem recruiting because they also have a pretty good brand that goes along with it, right? So that poses a different problem for their internal recruiting team and the fact that you almost have an embarrassment of choices, uh, people who could do the role where you have a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand applicants in some some cases, right? Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, that's... That's the gist of it is you're starting to see it shift away from remote, more toward hybrid. Um, and you still do see some 100% in office. I don't really understand the, uh, you know, it's not for me to make the judgment. I don't understand the logic behind it. Um, it's well, well, I'm going to judge. I'm going to judge it's stupid. All right, go ahead. All right, it's go stupid. ahead. It's like, it is. you just prove <laughs> that you don't need it. Like, why do you have to? Yes, there might be a week or two here and there when you've got a corporate event. And what I mean by that is, a bond issuance or something like yeah. that, not, you know, a social event, but, you know, basically when you do need to be there, when it's all hands to the pump, when, you know, an IPO is happening, yes, you might need to be at your desk, but then it calms down and then you can go back to the two days a week in the office. Yeah. But, you know, Steve Rosenthal, past guest on the podcast, he talked about going to his office sometimes in the city and making sure that, you know, he didn't just go there and close his cubicle door because what's the point of traveling there? They had yeah. this planned intentionality to meet each other. And I think that's a key thing that people should get off of this and that they, you know, if you're going to go in the office, go for a reason, not just yeah. because it's there. And I think that's what, I, you know, that's what COVID taught us. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, we both know it firsthand. Relationships are different once they're built face-to-face opposed yeah. to just over video or over phone or anything like that. And especially if you are an analyst or a manager, or if you're looking to advance your career, the only way you're going to be able to do that is, yes, through the work, but also in the relationships. And those relationships, they can be built through technology, don't get me wrong. It means that much more if you are in the office putting in that FaceTime and you are actually able to ask questions, again, not running into the issue with the the messaging software, trying to find time on a calendar yeah. or anything like that, just being in the pit with your team, being able to talk, ask questions and get to know each other a little bit better. It's it's much different being able to work asynchronously that way. 
And, and talking about salaries, I just want to jump into that. We've just published yeah. our latest set of results. Uh, it's quite an interesting one. A couple of our rivals, uh, like, oh, we're going to do a salary survey. I'm like, the great thing for us, we've done ours for like 10 years, but really it's evolved and evolved. And now we've got over a thousand people doing it on a constant yeah. basis. People say, oh, when do you do it? Every day. Well, yeah, it's an ongoing survey. So we make sure anyone that is part of it is, you know, we have their up-to-date salary information from less than six months ago. People are like, wow, wow. And it just we just get them to update it. Click, click, mm -hmm. 30 seconds done. Now, what are you seeing salaries-wise when you're talking to people across the US? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's kind of interesting. I don't want to say that it's leveled out, uh, but you've had the last couple of years where there have been increases, probably making up for not only inflation, but for, I mean, basically is uh, an opportunity to retain your team after yeah. COVID. If you if you were frozen on mirrored increases or bonuses or anything like that, it's typically been made up over the last couple of years. It seems like we may have hit a tipping point. I don't know if that's 100% true. Don't hold me to it. But um, the common refrain that I'm hearing from a lot of practitioners that I'm speaking with is, hey, this is a different market than what I saw two years ago. These people aren't paying as high um, it's almost like you're starting to see a little bit of a shift from an employee market toward an employer market. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing some downward pressure on salaries overall. Uh, the bonus structures usually remain the same, just the base salary. You're starting to it's see maybe out, level right? out, if not, yeah, yeah it's leveled yeah, up think, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I think leveling out, that's a better way of doing it. It's like sort of, boom, yeah. boom, 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 and it's sort of just tapering off a little bit. It's not yeah. going to level off completely flat. You know, it's just going to yeah. continue and get back to more sensible levels, I think. And that's one of the things I've seen on the salaries. And Joe and I were just talking before this call about uh, titles. You know, in our salary survey, it's an interesting one because – US titles are slightly different to UK titles, are different to European titles. But we put them into various buckets, into categories, if you like. So we go everything from treasury analyst dealer to global treasurer. And, you know, people have said to me, oh, well, well what about this level? Where am I? Where do you see this? And I said, look, come and talk to me. Individual advice. But the general rule of thumb is, and again, we talked about this, that I had previously treasurers, if you like, in, say, the UK market, Yep. that might be treasurers of housing associations. Now, at the end of the day, their title was group treasurer. They are yep. a treasurer, but they run the treasury for a housing association. So they cover one currency. They're very cash-centric, no FX, nothing else. And they then have the same title as a global treasurer, you yep. know, that ran the, the treasury, or three different tre regional treasury centers globally, 95 countries. So yeah, they're pretty different jobs and they've got different <laughs> rewards, you know? So one is, you know, well into the six figures, one's near, you know, probably just into the six figures. So it's, yeah. it's quite different. And that's where you and I talked about that. And as you say, you, it, it, there are different titles in the U S aren't there? So that that's one of the things. Yeah, there are different titles. Um, typically what you'll see over here is just your analyst, your manager, your senior manager, uh, your director, your AT, or your assistant treasurer, and then your treasurer. Yeah. So um, maybe not as advanced as some of the titles or, or segregated some of, some of the titles that you'll see in other markets, but that's typically what we see over here. Um, where, I mean, salary and compensation is always the trickiest part of this because it's so sub it's subjective, right? It's just, yeah. uh, it, it's based on your location. It's based on the size of the company that you're working for. It's based on the responsibility. If you're straight cash and you don't have any FX or you don't have any capital markets responsibilities, 
you can't compare apples to apples that mm. way, right? So it's, uh, you have just a number of different factors. That's where it's usually, if you have the question about it, it's usually good to to take a look at um, how really we want to, or I'm sorry, it's really just good to ask someone like a you or a me uh, yeah. for that specialized advice. Awesome. Like, hey, where awesome. should I be? Where should I yeah. be benchmarked? Yeah, and that's it. And that, that's what we're that's what we're here for as well. Yeah. And so that we've done it Definitely. for twenty plus years. So that's one of the things. Yeah, yeah. And Mike, I got to ask you. You're you're putting a lot of focus on the U.S. Obviously, I'm back over here and and yeah. holding down this side of it. When are you heading back? I heard you have some travel plans coming back this way. Uh, next week. Well, a week yeah. and a bit. So um, it came from uh, one of the worst cups of coffee I've ever had. Uh, we didn't put that on everyone. We can talk about this from Chris, my good friend at Prior Cashman. I'm sitting having a coffee with him last September. I've done the Treasury Career Corner live events where I talk to people, and you've heard it on the podcast if you're a regular listener. Did it in London, done it across Luxembourg, done it across the world, did a little bit over at the AFP. And I was just sitting there looking out of his offices in Times Square. I said, I should do it here. And I just meant do it here in America. It's great. Yeah. It's great to meet treasury professionals. And he went, yeah, great. You can do it here. I was like, what do you mean? Come with me. Took me down the corridor to his amazing conference room. Um, and that was September. Um, and at the beginning of March, over two nights, we're going to have over 120 treasury professionals in total. Uh, talking for two nights in a row about Treasury. We've got Dana Laidhold from NASDAQ. We've got Chris Kokan from Endeavor Brands, WWE, UFC, and everything else. Yeah. We've also got Borak, previous podcast guest from Louis Vuitton. We've got Brian Harrison, who one day will be on the podcast, get him on there. We've got Luke <laughs> from GXO. Great guys. They're the night before. We're talking to you know some of those guys. We're helping people in the room talk about developing their treasury careers, some of the, their career journeys. Two amazing nights. Um, you know, I sometimes think, wow, what am I doing too? It's it's, a, it's double the work. But the yeah. fact is, it's going to be 100 treasury professionals over two nights in Times Square. And then I do that. And then I'm back. And then I'm off to Cariba Live in Vegas, back via Texpo. So if you're in either of those, see us in Vegas, see you at Texpo, then fly back that week, come straight back to our London event. Last year, we had 100 and well, it was crazy. The year before, we'd had 100 people, well, 80 people in the room. And yeah. we went, oh, wow, it's amazing. No, it's not. The following year, we had 130 show up on a wet, when, wet Thursday night in November. The room was stoked, and we're going to do that again this year. It's going to be amazing. Followed by, so back for that, we've got Luxembourg, Greece, back to New York, um, a bit more. Uh, yeah, then then we've got Nashville, AFP, and then we've got London. Oh, yeah, and we've got Frankfurt. Don't forget Frankfurt. We can't. How could we do that as well? Um, and we've got a couple more. It's just insane. It is insane. You're going to earn your air miles, and yeah. uh, good luck figuring out what time zone you're in at a given yeah. time. Yeah. Um, what was the, what was the, I just have to know you had 81 year, you had 120 plus the next year. What was the main difference there? Like what, what was there some sort of misunderstood expectation coming into the event the first year where maybe you didn't have the same attendance where all of a sudden, Hey, the, the secret's out. Now all of a sudden you have people banging down the door to get in the event. I think people realize it's about networking and people want to be back in the room with other treasury professionals. Yeah. And there's a couple of rules we have. We don't, with if anyone's listening from a bank, I'm really sorry. 
if anyone's listening from consultancy i'm really sorry we love you guys we love to see you at other people's conferences but it's a very non-sales event and even though we've got the brand up here treasury recruitment company we don't do it make it salesy we don't talk about recruitment per se we'll talk about people issues again you and i have talked barely you know yes if you want to recruit call us if you want a new job send us your resume but we don't do it do we we do it like sort of sometimes i think we should be a bit more overt we should tell people but certainly at the events that's never the case what we want to do is help treasury professionals with their treasury careers and there was a real need everyone was coming up and saying oh there's no one else doing this. The, the associations aren't doing this. We love doing this with you. And, you know, just going back to those events, I missed out. I missed out Chicago, Windy City. Sorry. Love you guys in Chicago. Um, yeah, over there, I think. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things is, yeah, so we do Texpo, London, Windy City Summit. Because, and each of those, um, I've got Kerry, uh, I've got Raquel, um live on stage doing treasury career corner lives with those ladies about their treasury careers in chicago i've got uh fred shackney's previous podcast uh, tamara sarah eisner in texas talking about their treasury careers to show people in the audience what steps they took so people can copy them they yeah. can emulate them these are amazing global treasurers be like them this is what you need to do so that's the exciting thing for me that we, and that's why I think more and more people showed up this year for the London event. I, I want to go to 180. I want to get 180 treasury professionals in a room. Okay. We've got an amazing panel. We've already got Dan Ferguson. Uh, we've already got um, lovely Diane Wilson from TI. They're both going to be on stage. And hopefully um, I've got an amazing other guest to be announced. He's just trying to work out his schedule um that'd be amazing and yeah just and someone said to me the other day well you're really busy i went yeah because it's a business yeah. so this is what we do but i i get stoked every time I'm you guys are listening to this you're seeing this i'm talking to treasurers that gets yeah. my juices flowing i love it i talk to treasury oh my god it's like spending time talking treasury i've done it for 25 years and that's what's helped us get to here and i yeah. bloody love it you know and that's why you're on board as well because you know you and i just get a buzz we need more jobs on so if you are looking to recruit treasury people call us at whatever level yes we do retain search yes we also do contingent yes we can give you advice that's why we're here so they go a bit more salesy and we need to do more of that um yep. yeah i mean and again, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting you across. We're going to do this that uh, we've put forward for the session in Nashville at AFP. We've got a few other ones. And, you know, I'm hoping Joe will come and join me on the panel there as well. I mean, anything else you, you're thinking about? No, not at the moment. Again, it's uh, it's chasing jobs and, and just getting to know, again, rekindling a lot of old relationships and, and just seeing where we go from here. But it's been cool. it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun month. And I look forward to everything that's coming up. Amazing. Thank you, Joe. Um, well, I'll do, I'll do the closing bits on the podcast in a second. Uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing all of you guys in New York or Texas or wherever it might be this year. So thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. wanted to catch up with you at the end of today's podcast to invite you to join us in 2024 at one of our Treasury Career Corner Live events throughout the US, throughout Europe, throughout the UK. Actually, we're going to be right the way across. And we start the world tour for Treasury Career Corner Live in New York on Wednesday the 6th and Thursday 7th of March. 
you don't want to miss them. You're going to be there. If you're in New York, please look it up, register. You've listened to the podcast. You can actually get to meet some of the guests live. You get to meet me live. I kind of everything. But anyway, no, I hope you'll come and join us talking treasury careers. Each event starts at six o'clock with registration, 6.30 to 7.30. I meet with the guests. I talk to them on a live panel. It's a live version of the podcast after all. And then we do networking drinks. So the first one, say in New York in Times Square, but then we actually move on. We've only got 65 people per night of that. So we're booking up and then we're hitting the road. We're doing Treasure Career Corner Live in cities across the US, UK and Europe. We'll be at Kyriba Live in Las Vegas. We'll be at Texpo in Houston. We're also stopping off in Dallas. And then we've got other of our own events in Chicago, London, Athens, Luxembourg, Frankfurt. What could be better? So if you keep an eye on the website, we'd love to see you there. Keep an eye out for dates and venues. We're coming to a city near you. If you want to connect with us, just reach out to me. Can't wait to see you in 2024. Treasury Career Corner Live, the world tour. See you soon.